you're just logging on, just give us a minute. We'll get started. Just get, giving everyone a chance to log on. All right, hello everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chanko, Editor-in-Chief of Club Solutions Magazine, and welcome to our monthly virtual thought leadership series. This session is sponsored by Club OS and will surround the topic of marketing well-being versus fitness and why clubs are making this paradigm shift. We have a really awesome panel who will introduce themselves here in just a second. But before they do that, I wanna encourage all of you to um, ask any questions in the Q&A or chat feature, and we'll get to as many as we can. All right, uh, Eddie, let's go ahead and start with you. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your facility. Uh, thank you. My name is Eddie Davila. I'm from Bozeman, Montana, and my facility is Urban Fitness. 11,000 square foot facility. Uh, we do one-on-one -on -one training, small group training, uh, team training, and uh, happy to be here. Awesome. Thanks, Eddie. Mary. Hi, I'm Mary Edwards. I'm fitness director and professional trainer at Cooper Fitness Center in Dallas, Texas. We're part of a larger campus, campus of Cooper Aerobics Enterprises, all focused around health and wellness. Uh, our mission is essentially to improve the quality and quantity of life. Our fitness center is a 50,000 square foot facility. We've got personal training, small group training, group X, um, the whole gamut. Um, my main day responsibilities are just managing our personal training team and small group training. And then I also uh, train personal training clients. Awesome. Thanks, Mary. EK. Hey guys, I'm E.K. Navin. I am a co-founder of Regimen Fitness and Recovery Wellness. Uh, Regimen, we're around three years old. We're a franchise. It is a multi-platform boutique studio. We put a lot into the uh, customer experience overall, a lot in the community. And with Recovery, we started that platform earlier this year, and that's very heavy in the aesthetics, athletic recovery, and wellness space where we're working really hard to kind of merge those two worlds. So with Regimen and Recovery, we've got the fitness side as well as the recovery side covered. Awesome. All right, Chris. Everyone, I'm Chris Mulkey, the CMO of InShape Health Clubs. We have 44 clubs in California, all in secondary markets. So you'll find us between um, you know, south of San Francisco to north of LA. So. Perfect. Thanks, Chris. Joanna. Hi, everybody, and thank you so much for attending, and thank you to Club Solutions for hosting this panel. I'm Joanna Maslowski. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for the Wellbridge family of clubs. The Wellbridge family uh, has been a leader in owning and operating resort-style multi-sport athletic clubs um, since the 1980s, and we're currently operating 18 clubs in eight different markets. They range anywhere from 50,000 square foot to 300,000 square foot, so Thanks, it's great to be here. Awesome, all right, well, uh, thanks to each and every one of you for sharing your expertise today. Um, yeah, so the, the topic of this conversation really surrounds, you know, we're hearing a lot of gyms beginning to shift their marketing messaging and just their focus away from, you know, emphasizing the physical fitness aspects of gyms and more towards how they treat, you know, well-being, 
overall health, mental health. Um, but before we kind of get into that, I really want to define well-being because it's, there's varied definitions. It could be a little murky. So could each of you just kind of share your per personal definition of what well-being is and maybe how you foster it in a gym setting? Eddie, let's start with you. Yeah, uh, it, it's a pretty vague term, uh, but how we look at it is that well-being encompasses a variety of aspects of overall health rather than just fitness and nutrition. But things such as uh, spiritual, financial, stress, uh, social activity, all these other things that coalesce and help form and shape that person is what we consider wellness. And so, you know, we can't get into each individual uh, characteristic when we're interacting with people, but we try to recognize that it's more than just fitness and nutrition and try to help as a whole in any way that we can. Yeah. And before the call, I think you're even mentioned, mentioning stress, financials. There's, there's a lot yeah. that goes into it, right? Absolutely. And it all has crosstalk between it. You know, the financials are kind of out of whack. It leads to stress, which can lead to increases in blood pressure, which directly impacts your quality of life. So it's all interrelated. And I think just recognizing how uh, it is coalescing into a greater term that's wellness. Perfect. Mary, what about you? How do you define it? Yeah, at Cooper, we define it as uh, the quality of life that you live. Essentially, that's kind of our main mission is to help our members, our guests, our customer improve the quality and quantity of their life. Obviously, we're doing that through exercise, but also through preventive medicine at our Cooper Clinic, our vitamin line, supplementation, um, and then obviously a, a host of things to help with just stress management from our spa to our group exercise offerings and small group training offerings that are more centered around mind-body. Um, but Eddie's right. It is very kind of comprehensive in nature. And I think, you know, if one portion of that is out of whack, then essentially it does affect all the others. But, um, you know, your, your main goal is to do your best. That's kind of, that's how we strive to be at Cooper is just to encourage our members to, to work on the things that they know they can improve and continue to pursue wellness as a whole. Yeah. Perfect. Um, EK, how about you? How do you define it? Maybe share a little bit about, you know, you, your unique approach in treating well-being at the recovery and regimen. No problem. So to me, you know, we look at wellness as a very unique, it's very unique to each individual. We understand there's an overlapping wellness out there, but the definition of wellness is going to be different to everybody. So with both regimen and recovery, we look at movement being medicine. And we also look at rest is ultra important. And for me personally, and trying to build businesses, I used to brag about working till 2 a.m. and starting to work again at 4 a.m. And I think everyone on this call has probably done that. And for me, it was a maturity level to understand where are my diminishing returns? And, you know, I'm not resting enough. How many years off my life am I losing? So, you know, we kind of changed the, we're changing the scope a little bit and saying, look, we want you in here moving two, three, four days a week, but of equal importance is that recovery on the side. It's, it's that mental recovery. It's that chance to breathe. And something we've all touched on is coming out of a COVID world, stress is a very common theme for every single one of us. And stress manifests itself physically and mentally, different for all of us. So for me, the definition of wellness is attacking the stress that's in front of you at that time and understanding what's surrounding it. Let's go ahead and tackle that improve the quality of life and tackle the next step. And for some people that's gonna be coming the recovery route to get them to fitness and others, they've been working out their whole life but they've never really taken the rest. Yeah. So that's what wellness is to me, it's encompassing both. Yeah, awesome. 
Joanna, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll expand too, because uh, we definitely define it um, as the quality of life and it is extremely generic and there's recovery. Oh, Joanna, I think you cut out. <laughs> it's number one, we oh, are a back. place. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, you went away for one second. So if you want to go ahead and repeat, sorry about that. Yeah, no, my fault. Um, so how can we foster uh, a better quality of life in our clubs, in our settings? And number one, I think we can be somewhere they always rely on for a positive atmosphere. We have people moving. We know that one of the reasons we work in this business Sorry, Joanna, you cut out again. <laughs> Joanna, we'll come back to you though, because I think what you're saying is, is definitely extremely important. So I want to make sure we hit on that. Um, but Chris, go ahead and move on. Um, yeah, how do you define wellness and well being? You know, we think of it as your overall physical and mental health. Part of our mission statement is for our members to live healthy, fit, and happy lives. And so we've, we realized over the past year that how important moving is um, and our campaign this year is about get moving. So if you have only 10 minutes in your day, we're gonna give you some ideas on how to maximize that 10 minutes and how important that can be for your mental health, that break that you need, um, making sure we're building community because that's so important for your mental health. Um, it's a little different when you have 44 clubs that you're trying to promote across the chain, how to manage physical and mental health, but it is a huge priority for us. So through articles and tips and new programming, we're making sure that our members feel like we get you, we understand where you are, we know how hard it is dealing with stress and families and work and everything else. So really trying to be their friend and be their partner in this. So it's been an exciting time. It's something that we've kind of always done, but now there's a greater emphasis on it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Chris, and um, I know obviously, you know, within shaping in California, a very unique circumstance with the pandemic with being shut down, very frustrating. Um, but you guys did have a win recently with Governor um, Newsom, you know, forming an advisory board um, surrounding physical and mental health. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe how that came about and um, what you guys think you'll be able to achieve through that through that? Yes, it is super exciting. Um, like everybody last year, we didn't have good relationships with our government officials or our partners in the, in the state. So we created the California Fitness Alliance with the hope to um, make sure that um, our communities had access to fitness. We were shut down for the longest of all the states, I think for 15 months, it was crazy. So our ask was, how do we make sure that physical and mental health is a priority and that the state makes it a priority and not just with adults, but with kids? Like, how do we get kids from a young age to understand the importance of fitness and physical moving? And so this council um, will be hosted, will be co-hosted by um, Jennifer Siebel Newsom, who's the first partner, and Ronnie Lott, who's... Uh, an NFL player, and they're going to have, I think, 10 or so different people on this committee to really start, you know, the strategy hasn't been created yet, but creating like, how can we get the state of California, who everyone thinks is probably the healthiest and most active state, 
but it's a big state and there's, um, you know, how do we get everyone here understanding the importance of physical exercise and how it affects your mental well-being? So we couldn't be more excited. It's the initial phases. They haven't announced who's on the council yet. So, but we did the big announcement at our club, which we're super excited to host last week. So um, it's kind of off and running now and honestly, just more to come. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to get your all's opinion too on um, what is driving this paradigm shift of gyms focusing more on mental health and wellness versus just physical fitness. Um, really, this panel kind of came about because at the Club Solutions Leadership Summit a few um, weeks ago, you know, we kind of talked about the fact that gyms were not deemed essential, that, you know, a lot of politicians and consumers had outdated views on gyms. And some of it, um, some of the people at the event felt like it was because the marketing in the industry hasn't always emphasized these really important aspects that gyms really do serve, such as, you know, mental health, well-being, overall health. Um, do you guys agree? Um, what are your all's opinions on um, what is driving this paradigm shift? And Eddie, let's start with you. I think to... to come in everybody's kind of saying similar uh things is that we had a pivot coming out of you know post-covid and one of the the foundational components is is just recognizing that there's this other aspect beyond just movement which you know everybody on this panel probably watching knows that exercise is medicine and has numerous amounts of physiological benefits but it also has cognitive benefits you know benefits that help with stress depression, anxiety. So us as an industry kind of taking a step back and saying we need to have more of a focus and actually uh, share a little bit more broadly with the evidence, with action that we're having an impact on more than just the physical state of our customers, our members. And our impact is very profound that it has, also has an impact on the cognitive aspect, which as we all know, was hit very hard uh, coming out of COVID. So I think that's probably the catalyst behind the focus of on wellness versus just fitness at this point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, EK, I think you had some pretty staggering statistics surrounding mental wellness. Yeah, there's, right? there's I'm a, I mean, it's, it's important with statistics to understand what they are. They're, they're a good data point. It's just like demographics. You know, you can also get lost in that dive if you're not careful, but you know, a couple of things that, that really drove us when we were looking at this is, you know, MBO did a survey, which I'm sure a lot of people saw last year of over 20,000 people. And 78% said wellness was more important to them now than ever. And when we're looking at the industry overall, you know, the spa industry is out there. It's big. It is about wellness a little, but it's not really prescriptive wellness, if, if that makes sense. But, you know, one of the numbers that stood out to me was the mental mental wellness market has surpassed the spa market in revenue this year. And that's a direct correlation to COVID. You know, when we were, when we were studying coming to market with a recovery model to really complement the fitness side of things, we looked at it and, you know, again, I'm just going to name a couple of stats real quick that might help some people out there, but 55% of Americans right now say they feel stress every single day. I guarantee you that number is higher than that. Um, 40% said their stress was absolutely extreme. 25% of essential workers, guys, are seeking mental health or have been diagnosed with some type of mental health issue coming out of COVID. So again, it's 
it's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult one because you don't want to be negative and say, look, life is stress, stress, stress. At the same time, it's understanding for years we've been stuck in, are we marketing vanity or are we going to market vitality? And guys, I say this from somebody that spent a lot of money with marketing companies and made a lot of mistakes. You know, one thing that was very prevalent to us, even pre-COVID was we took our marketing message. We had somebody take our marketing message and stick all our competitors' logos on it and then send it back to us. And we were like, oh my God, we don't know if we could be crunch, we could be orange, we could be this, we could be that. And it showed us that we were just very much on airplane mode. We were just kind of on follow the leader and do what everybody else does. So that being said, I know I went a little off tangent there, but that to me is the changing shift that's happening here. We're realizing it's not necessarily how you look, but it's more in how you function. Now, that yeah. being said, if vanity is a driver to make you exercise or to make you go get some recovery, let's embrace that. Let's, let's not shame people for trying to look better, but let's embrace it and teach them the real value behind it where what we're really talking about is how do we get the people that aren't in the club into the club? So yeah. that's where, that's where the, the stress, a little vanity, all of it kind of comes together. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely want to get into specific examples of how gyms can shift their messaging to be more in line with what you just, uh, you said, EK. But before that, does anyone else have anything they want to share on what's driving this paradigm shift? You know, I just I mean, have, like, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. I just want to say, I think we were really shocked last year when we were not getting support from our local board of supervisors, mayors, like where they just really didn't understand their perception was so off from the reality of who we were serving in our clubs that it really, I don't, we were just so surprised. And we invited many of them to come into our club so they could see and when we were finally open and they're like, oh, it's so nice in here. We we're like, well, what did you think it was going to be? They, they just had, like, we have, created a perception that is not true and that is not the 99% of the people who come to our clubs. It's catering to the 1%, I think. So we have to do a better job of changing our image because people misunderstand and our communities are intimidated and there's a fine line between motivating and encouraging and then just intimidating because if you feel like you're not fit enough or have the right outfit to come to the club, we've failed. So it's, um, it's a big challenge. We ourselves, you know, look at every photo. We only use our own members and team members in the photos because we want to make sure that whatever you see in that image, you're going to see it in the club. There's no disconnect. So, but it takes a lot of effort. And, um, but I think it's really important. And um, Rachel, I don't know if you can hear me now. We can. <laughs> All right. Hopefully I figured it out. Um, and maybe I could jump in here um, on the message that I was trying to mention earlier, because I think this is where it changes from our fitness message and, and those type of things to um, that quality of life and what we can offer. And I think we can offer reliable, positive atmospheres. How often do we talk about that? I realize it's difficult to talk about, you know, how do you say that in marketing message, but that's why there's a lot of great marketing professionals. Um, we can offer a place they can always make progress. People just want to wake up every day and do something good or, you know, change their lives in a, in a small way. We can also help, help them experience accomplishment. 
Yeah. Not every job, not every time you take your kid to baseball, do you feel good about what you did? And if we could encompass that positive atmosphere and how we can influence it in multiple ways, that, that impacts nutrition, that impacts your mental health, your physical health, um, your community, your wellness. Um, so I think that's what we really need to strive for. And yeah, the pandemic kind of caused it, but it, it, you know, they, they didn't, it didn't cause the shift, it forced it. It forced us all to look at this differently and it's gonna take time, but we have to be the ones getting out there. You know, I think in the past we've, you know, In Shape Magazine or Men's Health, we're kind of letting them speak on behalf of fitness professionals. And we have to do a better job of, of helping them recognize that we're the ones they wanna to come to, just like the, the, um, the you know, the, the government, um, teammates and, and people, we need to make sure they are coming to us first. So we have, we're at the table to let them know and help them experience so that more people can talk about that when they come into the clubs. So, yeah. um, hopefully that helps. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point, Joanna. Um, you know, and gyms are also serving the need of community, which is something that, you know, I know some gyms talk about, but I think that could be emphasized a lot more, especially with how lonely everyone has been over the last year and a half, a lot of people being isolated. Um, community is a big thing that clubs offer that should be emphasized as well, because that's also a part of an, an important part of someone's overall well-being is feeling like you're a part of a, of a community. But Eddie, were you going to say anything? before we move on? Uh, I lost track with all the, 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 the great, I think somebody actually said what I was gonna say, so no. <laughs> Perfect. Rachel, right, I well, Rachel, I have something to yeah. add. I, first off, I agree with Joanna. I think the pandemic forced this. I think we were slowly rolling into wellness as an industry, but I think the pandemic pushed us right into, right into it. The thing that I find most amazing is that we as a society set in our homes last year and listen to the CDC actually directly relate health issues such as, and these are controllable things, high blood pressure, you know, metabolic risk factors, um, obesity, overweight, directly to sickness and or death related to COVID-19. And so for once, I felt like the things that we have preached, right, as this industry were actually uh, recognized and these are things that we can help you with, et cetera. Obviously we dealt with being closed and not necessarily having the funding that we needed to keep going or even the support. But um, I think the, the knowledge of our society is grown and they understand the connection now more than ever between their own wellness and then their immunity and their longevity. Yeah, great point. All right, well, let's move on to another question, which is just, you know, let's share some specific examples of how marketing messages um, need to change moving forward. And maybe you can each share some specific examples of what you're doing at your brands. Um, Chris, would you like to start? All right. Um, kind of hopping on the community that you were talking about earlier. Last weekend, we hosted a community play date because we know families and kids missed being together and maybe they've lost their connection, their communities with another adult in the same situation with little kids. So we literally just had a two hour play date on the calendar out at the pool and for them to reconnect and find people. And, you know, that's what you missed and that's what they need. And we really didn't do anything other than create the place for them to go. And it was a huge success. And we're just going to continue to do more things like that. We, of course, during May Mental Health Month, we had a lot of speakers and articles and content, and we've become a resource for our members. Um, our Get Moving campaign that I mentioned, 
is all about getting members and kids moving. So we've got a lot of stuff for, we've got little boot camps for kids so that they get in the habit of working out and, you know, fun things for parents. So it's all about getting people moving because we know once they get into the club, you see their smiles, you know, you talk to members and many members, I was shocked, like broke down in tears. They were so happy to be back. It was just like this sense of like this release of all this built up stress and pressure. And they were so happy. So just being there for them um, and doing these great campaigns to encourage them whatever time they have, if they're at home, if they're in the club, if they're just taking a walk outside, we're trying to come up with every avenue. So there's no excuses. It's like, we've got it for you. We've got it covered. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I guess I'll, I'll jump in um, on that one, kind of lowering the barriers to fitness and the concept of moving, right? I, I think there's a stat out there, maybe someone else has it, but um, that m- more people during um, COVID moved, but they weren't um, moving fast enough to create uh, the, the positive effects on their body. So, but that's the number one, let's get people moving. And we all, all of us um, somehow got some sort of virtual product going in our, in our clubs and gyms and studios. And that is a great low barrier to fitness to get someone started with moving so that they will take that step of coming into our club. So that's one lower barrier that we've most of us have uh, now have as a toolbox item in our business. Um, another one is is exactly what Chris was just saying the families and the kids, not everyone is a family club or has childcare, all that stuff. It doesn't matter. We all are welcoming. We're going to welcome in those youth and whether we're going to, uh, you know, do training with the the parent and the child, or, you know, we're just going to offer um, some very simple obstacle courses, something like that. Love the idea of play movement and play. And we, you know, as we talk about buzzwords that we need to use in marketing for this paradigm shift, maybe it's not all about fitness and look weight loss and all that, right? And um, it's about movement and it's about play um, and it's about positivity and being in communities that will support you in your lifestyle. So, you know, one of the things we, we've we um, had for a long time is a, a phrase called fit like that. We have websites about it and all that. Um, and we changed recently to fit for life, right? It's um, simple, um, but it's fit for life. And, um, and we, you know, there's many years of practice in trying to get that message across, but I was, I thought it was a good shift for this, um, this, the, the shift that we should be, we should have been making and now we're forced to make it. Yeah. That's a great specific example, Joanna. Thank you. Um, EK, I mean, you were talking about how you guys were kind of evaluating your marketing, couldn't really tell necessarily between competitors. Can you share, yeah, what you guys are doing differently now to emphasize wellness, well-being? Yeah, I think it, one one thing that really caught our attention just for a storyline was the, the ad Peloton did, of all people. over. Uh, it was over the holidays and they had the, the older gentleman swinging a kettlebell, lifting the kettlebell. And, you know, at the end of it, we understood why he was doing it. And that really caused us to shift and my entire operations team to shift into to storytelling. And I think what we've done wrong with our brand and a lot of brands have done wrong is we tell people what we do instead of telling them what we're going to do for them. And when you read any branding book, any marketing book, it tells you in any movie in the first five minutes, you need to identify the victim, the hero and the villain. And that's what we're trying to do is, is get those people out there to just to feel comfortable coming in the doors. So for Regimen, we're releasing a, a series of, of stories that really have nothing to do with, 
hey, I'm in the gym getting ripped up. It has to do with, you know, I was hurt for a little bit. I didn't move as much. I started to gain weight. I wasn't comfortable. The story a lot of people can, you know, a lot of people can gravitate towards. So again, in our mind, it is more of a storytelling approach. Once the people buy into our story, now it gives them a chance to educate them because we can't educate anybody until they're bought in on what we do. So that's even kind of changing what we're doing with, with regimen in a way as well, where when we have new members come in, we're trying to introduce them to things like compression and things like recovery faster, because we understand that there's an instant gratification there where, and I think Joanna said it best, work out, work out. That's not exactly a word that makes me say, heck yeah, that's going to be good. I want to do it. The word works in there. <laughs> So we really are trying to switch it around to, again, the movement as medicine, functional playgrounds. This is, be a kid, be a kid for an hour, you know, throw a tantrum like a little girl when you hit a boxing bag, you're going to feel a whole hell of a lot better. So it's telling that story for an instant, almost a, uh, not instant effect, but people can see the future that way. They they, they get a better picture of who they're going to be. Yeah. Well, and people relate to other others as well so if you're using a, a member's real story it, that's going to be a lot of a lot more inspiring to somebody especially if they're feeling intimidated absolutely yeah go ahead chris um if i can just add we're doing something similar and we're we're actually recording a radio spot this week which is two women talking about how they are going to drop their kids off at camp and then go hang out at the pool by themselves you know, take some time together to just, they deserve it. They've earned it. You know, they, they, some people feel guilty about doing that, but then they'll get in their workout and then they'll go pick up their kids and they can bring their kids back later. They can bring them this weekend, but it's okay to do something for yourself. And of course there's a tagline joined today. So we're not missing out on a call to action, but the spot is about like, take care of yourself. It's okay. Yeah. And I have one more thing on, on that note, Chris, being selfish has always been viewed as a horrible thing. Coming out of COVID, I think being selfish is a good thing. And I think we need to frame it in that aspect of if you feel better, you're going to be more productive. If you think you look better, you're going to be more confident. And that is going to grow to that circle around you. So really, it's okay for self-care. That's one message I think we need to get out there and we need to get it out there now. And I, I feel that, you know, fitness has kind of been a luxury or, you know, it's something that I do for myself, but it's a need. COVID just proved it. People need that. And I, I feel like we're hesitant to say you need fitness. They, everyone does and everyone needs to move. So I keep using the word fitness. We should go with the word move, but everyone needs to move. And we know that 80% of at least uh, the domestic market needs someone to keep them accountable for moving. And whether that's a friend and they can come in with a friend, you know, how often are we offering, you know, that buddy pass idea where you can always come in with friends. That's another way to lower the barrier. I'm not going in by myself. I'm going in with my friend that maybe has the same challenges and we need to do this. You need to set aside the time to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that you said self-care. I think that's a really great word that kind of encompasses everything that we're talking about that uh, maybe gyms can use in their marketing. So thanks for sharing that. Um, Mary, do you have any thoughts that you'd like to add? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we have an internal program called Coop Request that we use for our members. Um, and our goal through that is to help them understand what it means to be Cooperized. That's our tagline, essentially. But to give them information that they actually can then seek out a service or programming for 
sometimes people may not understand that body comp is not as good as it could be, or that cardiovascular health is not as good as it could be. We're trying to give them data so that they can then link that to their personal health and tie back to what we offer as a club, be it group X, be it personal training, be it small group training or mind body. Um, you know, our founder, Dr. Kenneth H. Cooper coined the term aerobics in 1970. So we've got a deep history of just tying exercise to health and wellness. And so I think it's important to kind of spur people on to know what direction to head to conquer the aspects of wellness that they can, you know, improve for themselves and their families and their communities, et cetera. So we take a more of a specific approach. We assess five different variables, um, which I can hit on later when we kind of get into the meat and uh, potatoes of what we're talking about. But um, we're trying to give them empowerment to be able to better their scenario from a wellness perspective. Yeah, empowerment, another great word. So Eddie, what about you? Can you share some specific examples of ways um, urban fitness kind of emphasizes health and well-being and marketing or just things that you guys are doing differently? Yeah, you know, one thing that we're, we're doing is, uh, to EK's point, is trying to reduce the intimidation factor of people coming inside our four walls, but also trying to reduce the in intimidation factor of being active outside of our four walls. So that's getting people outside, if it's on a trail, getting into a race or getting them involved with some community uh, events that are going on and more of uh, the active-based community events. You know, that's, that's one facet that we're really trying to acknowledge is that, you know, they're here for in the, in our four walls for an hour a day, they're outside, you know, for 23 hours a day. So figuring out ways we can support them being active outside of our four walls is something we're trying to do. And so we, we launched an engagement program where we can actually reward them for being active, going for a hike, going fishing, just doing some type of movement outside. And we, as a company, really support and uh, support that movement by, you know, the strengthening and, and the conditioning and the, and the diet education. So that's one aspect that we're trying to do is really be uh, active about promoting the, the outdoor fitness outside of our four walls, as well as within. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Well, um, those, you know, lots of great examples of specific, you know, marketing messaging, how that's shifting. Um, you know, each of you shared a little bit, or sorry, a couple examples of programs as well. Any, any other programs that you guys have currently or are going to add in the future that support a member's um, mental health, wellness, well-being? EK, let's start with you. We're looking at a couple different technologies and the thing about technology is it's got to be simple to use. That person has got to be able to come back and use it. And we're trying to break, we're trying to break those hardcore exercises down to understand again about the rest and recovery. So what we're doing inside of regimens and, and even the coveries is we're using a platform right now. It's a, it's a technical platform called three sages and, and on it, it's about breaths of meditation. There's, there's sips of wellness. There's things people can do in between conference calls or in between meetings. It's, teaches them they can press a button essentially and understand how to work on a foam roller. And for us, we can program that into them. So we're trying to find and use the technology for little bits and pieces so that we're not trying to capture the person's hundred percent attention. We're trying to get about 10 or 15% for them to come back to it and look at it again over the course of a month and say, Hey, I've been seeing this a little bit. I want to get in there because you know my heart rate's higher than it's ever been. My blood pressure higher than it's ever been. So we want that technology to work in the club, but we also want it to work outside the club, meaning it's gotta be 
real in the club and app-based outside so our members can access it anytime. So in, in our minds, that's a big step right now is finding the right technology to get this message out. Yeah. Yeah. Do, have you guys found a technology partner that you're able to share? We have right now. We started with a group called Three Stages Wellness and they're, they're I don't want to speak for them, but they're very they're like a Peloton of the recovery space, if that makes sense. And it allows us to do some customization. So we're, we're still very new into it, but yeah. we're liking what we're seeing and we're liking what people are saying about it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Mary, were you gonna jump in? Yeah, we've got some programming started uh, last fall, I believe it was a Cooper Tracks program that we're running that was cardiovascular rehab. We've since developed one for immunity that we're launching this year. And that is geared around helping those that are deconditioned or even those that are post COVID, the long haulers, et cetera. And it's just geared around helping people through exercise, education, um, just lifestyle modifications to maximize their conditioning as well as kind of overall health and wellness. Um, and we've also kind of amped up our mind body offerings in the club as a whole, we've started to use our outdoor space for yoga offerings. And then we've added a program in our small group training studio called anti-gravity. Uh, it's a form of aerial yoga that's started by Christopher Harrison. So just kind of mobility, stability, decompression of the spine, um, deep breathing, and, and just some time to kind of come down. I think our customers are, and our members are really good at burning calories, but maybe not so much at spending time at, Kind of the recovery process and taking time away from kind of working out their bodies essentially yeah. um and then we also have here on campus a, a vitamin line cooper complete that's been in existence for years but last year was one of their best years ever obviously people were very in tune to supplementation and really kind of trying to stay on top of that to ward off you know risk of sickness covid etc and build immunity um, and so we've continued to flesh out that offering and, and market etc so um, you know, from a, what I mentioned before for our Cooper quest, that internal member wellness program, we choose to target five different areas, which we've all hit on was movement, body composition, blood work, cardiovascular health, and then a well-being questionnaire. And those are the five components that we allow our members to assess on an ongoing basis annually to determine, you know, are they really living Cooper eyes? So that's one thing that we've had in existence pre-COVID and we're continuing to just lean in to some of the the notes and kind of the thoughts and ideas and obviously the shift in our industry uh, towards wellness and stress management. So. Yeah. Awesome. Joanna, can you share some, you know, examples of programs that maybe you have had or are adding that, you know, treat a member's overall well-being? Um, I guess I'll, I'll go out into um, in, um, inspiring more people yeah. and people that chose to move during COVID, but now are looking for how do I take that to the next step? So we've put some initiatives in place and, and are gonna continue that over the next couple of months of getting our teams back out into the communities. Uh, we, number one, we couldn't do that for a long time. Number two, pre-COVID, there's just, you know, there's a, there was a lot going on. You can get stuck in, in staying in the clubs. So we've made it really fun for our teams to get out in the community, whether you're a department head or a, a general manager or a personal trainer. Um, marketing can give, you know, them a, a small piece of paper or a water bottle or, you know, a recyclable bag, whatever that is to go out and spread the word, go to your local parks. That's where people are starting to move. They're having fun doing it. Let them know that you are there to support them. And if they say, Hey, I'm not ready to go to the club yet, club yet. 
great, let's get you and your four friends, you know, doing a, a, a Zoom with our trainer as an initial step, right? Um, go out into your community. Many retailers are struggling right now. Let's partner with them and offer their associates, number one, an opportunity to be active. We know a lot of people are struggling to retain associates or hire them. Let's be a partner with them in that wellness benefit. They'll then tell their, uh, their, their customers about that. So I think it's in terms of what we're doing in our club, we're continuing to offer reliability, inspiration, progress, achievement. We need to get more out in the community of, you know, get that 80% that aren't in our clubs to be inspired to continue moving and progress forward in it. Yeah, certainly. Chris, yeah. what are your thoughts? Or Eddie, go ahead. Uh, so I, was, I would just echo what Joanna is saying. That's one of the, the, the things that we're really trying to do uh, globally, at least with, here with our team is there's, there's a lot of great things out there and a lot of tools that, you know, most of which I don't know about, uh, but going back to the foundation, which is you know, establishing a good relationship and maybe making people your members feel comfortable checking in with them and trying to create as many touch points as you can. And to jo Joanna's point is that it's not just one or two people walking around the club and checking in uh, with people, the, the whole team, that culture uh, needs to cultivate that welcoming environment within the club, but then get out into the community. So those, uh, we believe in that. And that's something that we're really focusing on uh, over the next course, next few months for sure. Yeah, that's great. Chris, what are your thoughts? Um, I love what everyone is doing and I'm writing down all these ideas. So um, one of the things that I could, if I could just add something different is um, in trying to help build back members' confidence, which, you know, a lot of confidence was lost as they didn't work out and didn't get into the club as much. We've created some new programming that are 30 minute workouts. They're efficient, they're effective. It's sort of a small group training. It definitely is appealing to people who like group fitness, but then it's also really appealing to people who are in the weight room and in other areas of the club. And the whole idea behind it is helping them better understand through these seven foundational movements, how it'll help you in your everyday life, whether it's picking up groceries, lifting you know, your suitcase over your head to get in, in the airplane, all these different things that you need, a stronger core will help you with. And that's how this exercise works to help you build your confidence. So it's been really exciting. We launched one format. We're about to launch a second format and we have a third one in the wings. So we're getting a great response from members and they can do it at their own pace. So there's, um, you know, if, if they can only do, you know, five reps, they do five. There's, it's, you know, whatever works for you, supporting them in their journey as they come back and it's just been so positive um, that we're super excited to launch the second phase. So, but we kept it really short so that they could, and it's, you don't honestly need any more than 30 minutes. You don't have to spend half a day in the gym. Like you can do it in 30 minutes. So. Yeah, that's definitely another trend that I'm seeing as well of people incorporating those quicker, you know, more efficient workouts. Um, Cause yeah, people just have less time and that also lowers the barrier for entry for people. If you, you know, shift your mindset from, oh, I have to spend a full hour at the gym to, you know, to, oh, I can just do 20, 30 minutes. It's a, it's a lot easier. So, um, EK, were you going to say something? I was just going to make a, a quick point on collaboration as we're, as we're talking about reaching more people. About two months ago, I was at CryoCon, which was a big, it's a big wellness thing for cryotherapy and things like that. And what was interesting to me was, well, there were over 200 spa owners there. And 
as one of the groups was presenting on stage, they said, hey, how do we collaborate with gyms? How do we get to fitness people? So for me, I mean, my ears went right up and I was like, oh my gosh, we have two worlds that should be colliding that aren't. So a lot of this is not being afraid to collaborate with other businesses that are, that are kind of in your market. You know, it, it might be cryotherapy, it might be stretch, but they have clients that want to come to you that, that want to learn more. So we always talk about networking, but the power of collaboration to like-minded businesses is, is huge. I think, especially in this new world we're in right now, your members will stay longer because you brought them there. Yeah, I think that's a great point, EK. Um, well, we only have about 15 minutes left, so I want to be sure to, you know, touch on, you know, how do clubs expand beyond the 20% of the market and reach individuals who maybe haven't been comfortable joining a gym before? We've talked a little bit about this. Is there anything more that you guys want to add on that point? Eddie, let's start with you. I think for, for those people that have never been involved in a club, there's a, there's a probably a safe to say some degree of intimidation, not sure what, what to do, what clothes to wear, where to start, you know, that sort of thing. So maybe giving them a reason for anything other than a membership to come into the club or come into your, your place of business. And so starting with programs or starting with um, uh, different things that reduce the amount of barriers uh, to them walking in. So if they're, if they're intimidated by, you know, where do I start a program that, you know, tells them exactly the benefits, how they're going to do it and what, the, what they can expect is I think beneficial for them to, you know, walk in and expect a product. And if that product's good, or that experience is good, it may transition to, to a membership. Yeah. So I think yeah. that, that, that's a big piece is offering uh, anything other than a membership. So driving them in with the program, but then also really conveying the message that, you're there to support them and that, you know, we're, we're all in this together. We're coming out of this together and that it's more than just the, the fitness side of things that, it, that it's, it's, it's the, the mental side as well. And try to convey all the benefits that we're talking about in this discussion to try to really get people to view all the benefits that, that being, you know, physically active, you know, confers on, on somebody's life. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Getting people into programs is huge. Um, you know, it's easy to leave a program, but if you're, you know, partner with a personal trainer, a group fitness instructor, or you're in a group with someone, it's a lot um, more difficult, I think, for people to leave. So yeah, I think getting them into those things that connect them with others is extremely important. So great mm -hmm. points, Eddie. Go ahead, Mary. I would add that sometimes I think too, for the beginner exercise or someone who's unsure, or even someone who's trying to kind of climb back up the hill of fitness and wellness, creating a programming that is a set defined time, you know, it's four weeks, it's six weeks, you know, exactly what the purpose of the program is, is very appealing. People know what they're signing up for. They know what they're getting into. They know they're not committing for the rest of their life. And, and hopefully from a Operators in from a club's in, it's just enough time to essentially kind of reel them in, right? They connect with the trainer, they connect with other people that are either non-members or members and make community in that own little space. Um, we've had great success with programming through our small group training, as well as through our group request program, because people, they know what they're getting, they know what they're signing up for. And, and so obviously tailoring that in a way that is kind of geared towards our calling right now as an industry, which is wellness, it's stress management, it's care for kind of the full person. Yeah. Yeah. Great points. Uh, Chris, any, uh, 
more insight into how gyms can lower the intimidation factor for some of the population that hasn't been a gym, uh, sorry, member before. Yeah, I mean, I think you just really have to look at all of the, you know, your acquisition vehicles, whether it's your emails, your radio, your digital, and make sure that you're portraying yourself in that full way, that you're not just focused on the price point or the weight room or the group fitness studio, like really showing the whole value. And um, it takes some commitment and time to do that and tell your story as EK mentioned, but it's worth it because they may not understand or they may have the wrong perception as well. So make sure like look objectively at how you're telling your story. Yeah, that's what I would say. Go ahead, Joanna. I'll just uh, I throw in one other thing. You know, I, the 20% of the market that's in our clubs and committed to fitness, they take it seriously. They know it's important, all those things. That other 80%, you know, I think we need to we need to not take ourselves so seriously and help them have a little bit of levity with the with the next steps they need to take. Be be okay with a little bit of humor. Be okay with a little bit of fun. Um, when they get into our clubs, they'll see and and we'll help them take it seriously, but have a little personality and and an atmosphere of positivity. But I think to get them in our clubs, we need to lower the intimidation factor by being less elite and professional and you must do this and this much time and all of that. I, I think that um, you know Planet Fitness has done a good job with some of their campaigns and people just laugh, whether it's about, I don't know, what is pizzas or you know um, intimidation factor. People laugh about that. You know how many people that I know that have never been in our clubs that know exactly those campaigns. Um, Equinox does some of that, right? They, they, you know, they, they have a fine line of, of you know, humor versus um, education versus serious workout type of stuff. And so I think we need to take ourselves a little less seriously so that we can empathize with where that 80% of the market's at and help them to feel less intimidated when they come to meet us and they, and hopefully trust us with their investment and their decision. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. People have stereotypes about gyms, so you may as well, you know, you try to use them to your advantage in a funny way. Yeah. And if I can just add to that, we um, started a few months ago giving our club teams a calendar for social. Each club has their own social page on Instagram, and they were kind of all over the place with their messaging and not exactly on brand like we wanted them to be. So we created a calendar with lots of little challenges that they can do in between and the improvement and the fun they're having. So when their community goes to look at their page, it's amazing. And they're, they're so behind it now. Like if we don't get them that calendar on time, they're like, hello, where's the calendar? Um, but it really, it's now portraying that fun, that community, that authentic experience that when you come in and you see this amazing team, it's, 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 it's just fantastic. So I would highly recommend it if you have multi-units multi and need to control the message a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. Do any of you have uh, your brands on TikTok by chance? We're no. navigating there. Okay. We're, we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I have TikTok and I've um, noticed a lot more fitness content, which might just be being tailored to me specifically, but yeah, I um, won't be surprised if I see more and more fitness brands entering that specific platform in the future. So just something to keep in mind. Um, yeah. Anything else on this particular topic that you all want to share before we get to our final question? I, I like Joanna's point and everyone on here. I think 
you know, sometimes we mock Planet Fitness and places like that, but but humor humor drops that guard. It gets people in the door. And, and, and when you really start to look at brands are doing, like Geico hasn't broken away from humor for 15 years. All of them, stay for, they're, all, they're all trying to do that. And you know, something I was, I, I'm random a lot of the times, but something I was listening to the other day was this, this um, college graduation speech. And the speaker said that ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. And that hit me, that's fitness. The 80% of people that are afraid to come in our doors because of what they've seen of the egomaniacalness of our industry for the last however many years it's been. And it's, that shift was changing pre-COVID. Post-COVID, though, I think it's going to drastically change. So we just have to, we have to market our own insecurities a little bit as well. We have to point out that, guys, we have these same problems. You know, I, of all the coaches we have, and when I used to coach, people thought that I ate perfect, I slept perfect, I did this, I did that. And I'm like, nope, I don't do any of it. I probably sleep less than you guys do. So <laughs> You know, but that was part of our success is because we weren't afraid to talk about it. So I, I do think as an industry, we need to talk about kind of some of the errors that we've made and, and have a little fun with it and say, look, let's just let's just get in the door and move. Eddie, we're going to say something. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it, it kind of shows the, our member uh, that we're human, too. And we're, we're on the, we're on the same page. And, and to EK's you know, point, we have the same we have similar fallacies and similar struggles and we go through the same thing. Um, but we're here, you know, as, a, as an industry to support and hopefully have positive change in the long term. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, um, we do have one question from the audience. Um, are any of the panelists actively teaching wellness goal setting? So yeah, are any of you guys doing that maybe with your registered dietitians or your personal trainers? We are. We, we incorporate it through Cooper Quest and use um, health coaching through that. It's open to our members. It's a complimentary service to them. And then our Cooper Quest program is actually uh, something we run for our employees on campus. Uh, so we have several entities here on campus. And so every employee is engaged in that programming too as well. There's health coaching there for them too. Um, but yeah, it's a, that service in and of itself is is a big deal, I think, because it cuts to the heart of the psychology component and the mental kind of instability or challenges that we're all facing kind of coming out of COVID. So um, yeah, most definitely it's something that we utilize obviously on our fitness floor, that's going on all the time, right? Personal trainers are constantly having communication and conversations about lifestyle and how to live well 80% of the time and 20% of the time do what you want to do. Um, be normal. So yeah, it's definitely, it's a mainstay in our conversation here on our campus. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's end with, you know, if you could give one piece of advice on this topic to other gyms regarding this paradigm shift that the industry is going through, what would it be? Chris, let's start with you. Um, my advice would be, and this is probably more specific to multi-unit is to get in the clubs and listen listen to your team, talk to your members and listen to what they have to say. And um, you will gain so much insight by just being in the clubs. And it's hard when we're all running, when I'm running the marketing department and we're busy, busy, busy to sometimes get in the clubs, but it is so important and so essential that we do to really get a pulse, get a sense of what's happening with our members. So I highly encourage that um, it's worth the time. Yeah, yeah, great. What about you, Joanna? 
Yeah, and maybe this will answer one of the questions I think someone just asked also, um, but number one for me, spread the word in the community. And some, some people have big marketing budgets and they can hit the homes and they can do the social media and all those things. But we all also, Jimena, I think you went out again. <laughs> can tell right. people about their product. Oh. Um, sorry, you went out again, Joanna. Do you want to repeat that? Um, so sorry. Want, sorry, I am so sorry. I don't know why that happened that time. Um, it's okay. I, Here, let's end okay. with you, Joanna. Okay. Um, what about you? Yeah, well, I'm with you. What about you, Mary? What's your one final piece of advice? You know, I think for some fitness facilities, I think they're or clubs are in the process of rebuilding. I know there was a comment earlier in this about it's been difficult to find staffing. Um, I think we've all are kind of in some transition at some point, but this is a great opportunity to reevaluate who you wanna be, where you wanna go and how you wanna get there. And if there are hires that you can add in the process of rebuilding that really speak to the concept of wellness, be it a dietitian or a health coach or some trainer that is very well-versed in dealing with special populations, then that's a great move in kind of really setting yourself up from a professionalism standpoint and education standpoint to, to deal with the needs that we, we all believe are coming our way, right? People are gonna be coming into our clubs and really seeking how to improve immunity and kind of boost overall longevity. Yeah, great advice. Eddie, what's your final words of wisdom? Uh, I would say just to, to remember, there's a, there's a lot of things going on and there's, there's a lot of people pivoting, a lot of new technologies coming out. Uh, which I think overall is going to enhance the experience. Uh, but just to not forget to those touch points, to check in with the people that are coming in the front doors and uh, not forget that they're human, you're human, but then also not forgetting about your staff, your team. Um, if, if creating multiple touch points and relationships is, is important to the overall goal of the team, then your team, your, the staff's got to be on board too. Uh, so I'm a firm believer in that, just not losing sight of, of the human interaction. Yeah, definitely. What about you, EK? I'd say, you know, put yourself in your client's living room at night. Put yourself at their kitchen table and just imagine the conversations that they're having and understand the struggles that each of them are going through and, and how to kind of appeal. And this next one's a little out there, but do not stay in your lane. I've been told all the time, EK, stay in your lane. And I'm like, no, I own the damn highway. I want the highway. Right? <laughs> and what I mean by that is, you've got, don't, don't tip your toe into something with this. If you're going to go into recovery, study it, study it and go into it hard. And if you're not able to do it yourself, partner with somebody that's doing it right. And that's for every aspect of this business. So that being said, continue to have an open mind. You're going to have to keep learning because fitness is in its infancy. And if anybody says they know what they're doing hundred percent, they're lying. So at this point in time, be creative, go out there, give people what they want, which is results and, and an ear yeah. and listen to them. So that's yeah. it. Love it. All right, Joanna, take us home. Right. We'll give it a shot. Here we go. <laughs> um, now, and maybe this will integrate one of the questions that was asked. And it was um, in regards to robust marketing teams and resources. And um, I think my one thing would be to spread the word in the community and some people have huge marketing resources. I get it. You can do direct mail. You can do social media. You can do all the emails, things like that. But the most important is that every day we're walking out of our clubs and we're spreading the word about movement in the community and how critical that is to um, you know, something as, as bad as the pandemic. 
but something as good as, you know, the quality of life that you can have every day. And that um, we need to spread the word that we're a reliable source for anyone to come in and have a positive atmosphere. However, they want to move, if they need to relax, if they need to get community, um, our clubs can do that. And it's, it's extremely inspiring to us. We need to spread the word to others. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we are out of time. So I want to thank you all again so much for uh, this really awesome discussion. I think we had a lot of really great takeaways Um, and thanks to the audience for tuning in everyone. uh, Have a great rest of your day. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you.